I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the things that happen between it. We're still not quite calling it life. It doesn't feel very lively. No. It's busy, but not lively. It is hella fucking busy. Yes. And you can tell how over it we are by starting out with the swears. Yes. <laughs> oh. so, so last time we talked about my mother. Two episodes ago, last month. We talked about her breaking her arm, you you getting her from the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that kind of stuff. Your mother did break her arm. And at the time... She thought that it was because she had a faulty walker that had gotten away from her because she did admittedly have a faulty walker. One of the brakes was broken. We were in the process of replacing it. The replacement is in our garage now waiting for her to be better enough to use it. No, it's at her house. It's at her house now. Yeah. I put it together in the midst of what we're about to talk about. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. The old one. Either way, she still hasn't gotten around to using the new one. Faulty Towers is in our garage. (laughs) Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Also known as her walker. So. So it wasn't the walker that was faulty. (laughs) No. It was her blood sugar and her balance and her ability to function because come to find out a couple days later as she is still needing increasing levels of care. Yes. (laughs) Don't look at me like, right? You know, yes. I'm, I'm, yeah, I I know. know. (laughs) For their sake, babe. (laughs) I know. I'm just giving you a time. Oh, you've been giving me a time, all right. I haven't seen you lately, so. (laughs) So I get back and you give me a time. That makes me feel good. So yeah, she, she apparently, because of her diabetic neuropathy, had had a UTI and not known it for some while, and it was screwing with her blood sugars, and she was getting dizzy, and she had fallen to break her shoulder that way. Yes, but it's my opinion from the data I have gathered that that's not all of it because she's been taking too much insulin for a while now. And I keep trying to convince her to stop and she doesn't believe me. And then she complains about insulin reaction. So I think that that's adding to it as well because her her doctor said, if you're going to eat the waffles, don't take quite as much insulin because the waffles are going through you at a different pace than the the insulin is. And then you're having an insulin reaction. Right. So- I don't know how that might further relate to her propensity to end up with a UTI because she can't be alert and awake enough to notice if there's something wrong. Yeah, there is that. So So either way, last time we talked, she had tried to do all of the things that she would normally do, go to the foot doctor, go to get diabetic shoes, get your help to do all of the things. Well, yeah, but what happened is really she wasn't very functional in doing any of those things. I was managing to get them done and she didn't want to take pain pills, which I have learned about a year ago, almost exactly. Yes. Take the pain pills. <laughs> Please take the pain pills. It's a great idea. Yes. Um, so when I had gotten to her house to get the diabetic shoes and she was stuck yet again, kind of hanging off her bed like she had gone to sit up and get the walker, but it only got into the, oh, I can't sit up part and started falling off the bed. <laughs> And I get there and I look at her because I had gotten there to get her dressed and I say, how long have you been there? And she says, I don't know. What time is it? (laughs) And I say, 
seven or whatever time it is. And she says, so she'd been there almost a couple hours hanging off the bed. And I said that this isn't going to do. So I, I did call the skilled nursing that goes to her house. Said, hey, this isn't going well. And they said, oh, we can't have that. And I said, no kidding. So they decided to either get her a more extensive home health care or put her at skilled nursing. And then her nurse looks in the file and says, oh, they offered her skilled nursing in the ER and she refused. Allow us to all express our shock at this point. Not just me, but all of our listener friends are expressing their complete and utter disbelief that your mother refused help that she really needed. I have to say, though, even my sister was mad. That's kind of odd because your sister doesn't usually, like, your sister is the most forgiving and just, she's so sweet and so kind and so helpful. And she tries to be helpful. She tries to be helpful. But she's She's very... Admittedly, you know, a little scattered and deals with a lot of anxiety and... She tries to give people a bigger benefit of the doubt than than almost anybody ever deserves. But even she was mad. How dare she do this to us? Yes. So... So if your sister's mad, you know somebody done screwed up. I was like, okay, then I'm making the right choice of agreeing with the nurse to put mother at skilled nursing so that we can stop wondering where she's stuck while we're not watching her. Yes, absolutely. She couldn't do her insulin. She couldn't get food. It was a mess. It was. And she had gone for like two days with someone having to check in on her two or three times a day. Which, Which also meant she wasn't drinking enough fluids because she couldn't get to the bathroom. Which meant that whatever UTI she already had was getting worse and worse by this point. Probably. By Friday, we're getting her into the skilled nursing center. But then come Saturday and Sunday, we find out that putting someone in a facility on a Friday, just as everyone is leaving... Not a good idea. No. No. Skilled nursing facilities that Medicare will pay for, there's our other problem. And then ones that are available... In in our small town. And at the last minute and so forth that aren't... The better ones are full. Yeah. So you have that problem as well. And so we had various problems with that. Getting a hold of them, getting a hold of her, finding out two days later, they weren't giving her her overnight insulin, which is the long acting one, Mm -hmm. telling me they didn't have orders for it. These, These places, I have to say, you know, like we noticed a couple months ago that places that specialize in mental health treatment often have nature-y and cardinal direction-y names. Yes. Places that specialize in um, physical nursing care and residential physical treatment often have homey-sounding names. Hearth Place, Mansion Care, Manor Works... Things like this. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're names of either houses, types of houses, or things that go in houses. Yes. And so... And, and you're not doing very well, so it's life something. Oh, yes. Life manner. <laughs> life manner. You know. You know, and so the the first one she goes to, you know, they're calling it life manner, but we come to find out after a day or so that it has a reputation among the skilled, caring service profession in our area as being the death manner. Yes. A funeral route. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Not, not good situation. Now, and if you look, my, my sister, myself, you, probably other people have looked at, you know, the, the few that we have nearby and that fall into her category of insurance. And when you look online at any reviews of these places, half of them say they tried to kill me and the other half say they were wonderful. And that's pretty much what you get. Yes. 
if you are able to advocate for yourself while you're there, your care will be amazing. If you are not functional enough to advocate for your own care, nobody else is going to advocate for your care and they're just going to check off the boxes. Right. And then there are some folks at my, my office that have had parents and other family members go through these types of facilities. And so they've been very helpful. But at the same time, they have plenty of horror stories, and that's why they've figured out how this should go and what would be helpful. So I ended up having to retrieve her from the first place because she became very, very sick and finally said to me, get me out of here. And I found out from the helpful lady at work, the one that's that's got the most information, that just going and get her, AMA doesn't really have an effect on Medicare, especially in our state, and it won't be a problem. And, and so, AMA means against medical advice. Yes. So basically, the the, the facility is not willing to discharge her, but you are getting her discharged anyway. And they weren't willing to discharge her because they'd have an empty bed because I I repeatedly told them she wanted to leave. They wouldn't call me back and so forth. Well, not only that, but they also recognized that she was not capable of caring for herself. So they could not medically justify discharging her. Well, but see, they, they weren't talking to me about that. They were just saying she wants to stay. And I'm like, bullshit. No, she doesn't want to stay. She doesn't want to stay. You guys are not doing what you need to. Well, and the problem was, the biggest problem was that when they got the orders from the hospital that should have gone on the Wednesday when she broke her shoulder. Yes. If she had gone with those orders at the same time. She might not have gone to... Death care place. Somewhere there was a miscommunication between the hospital and the nursing facility that her insulin prescriptions, her long acting and her short acting insulins were not... Not on there at all. They said they had no orders for her insulin, but I gave them two insulin pens. And it said on there in her discharge papers from the hospital that she had uncontrolled diabetes, which quite frankly is true because she was trying to control it a little too hard and giving herself a hard time. Yes. What they did was they didn't give her the nighttime insulin, but they gave her the daytime one, but they had no orders for that either. So what the hell they were basing their logic on, nobody knows. Yeah. Um, in any case, she says, get me out of here. I get there to break her out and I promptly lock the keys in the car. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, this was also after she had said, and this was the first of many um, such things that she had started saying over the course of this adventure, that someone had been knocking on her window at night. Yes. I think at that point, her blood sugars were high and she was getting a little extra goofy. Yes. I think so too. She was also very sick, which we didn't know yet. She was. But here's the good part of that. I locked the keys in the car because the beeper still doesn't work. And it might be a project I get to soon, at least in my imagination. To replace the receiver for the or, or to key in the door. triple check that we haven't done it wrong because the Jesus guy says he had to do that and he had trouble getting it to cooperate. So yeah. I might try to get him to help. Anyhow, yeah. the point is... Then it made me think, oh, I need help. And so I called the big kid who was in between starting the new job and having decided to leave the other job slightly early, even though that wasn't the best choice because there's bills and groceries. Stupid bills. I know. Stupid groceries. So child zero. Came came and brought me their assistance because by then also the uh, tow truck had come in to get me back into the vehicle. Yes. But uh, that was very helpful because I could have child come in with me and take granny's things out to the car. And you didn't have to leave granny unattended in that process while things were getting moved. And have the kid pull the car up for me. So I start leaving with my mother and they don't notice at first. And then they notice when we get to the second unit Mm -hmm. and they say, hey, where are you going? 
And I said, she's leaving. Yeah. They started to try to pretend they might be able to talk me out of that. It really was feeble <laughs> uh, on their part. But so uh, we left. And she stayed at home for a day or two. No, no. She stayed at home for about 12 to 15 hours. And she was having terrible diarrhea. You had to take her number two child's pull-ups. Fortunately, I had a whole four boxes of them in my car. Yes, because thankfully we do now have a prescription for them. Yes. Yes. And they fit her. Her ass is the same size as our 11-year-olds. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> well, he's kind of got a... He does have an ass. He's got a booty and she's got a flat... <laughs> yeah. I know, she's got a crack in her I, lower back. I tried that flat thing out when I was really losing weight, so it was no fun. Not yes. good to sit on. No. Anyhow. Anyway, um... um so she was there for less than a day, and I go to check on her while you're at work. Yes. And before I even get there, your sister is calling her, telling her that she needs to get more medical assistance. Yes. That she probably should go back to the hospital, that she probably needs to whatever, whatever your sister is saying. And when I get there, your mother is railing against me from the moment I open the door. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I know what you're here for. I'm laughing because I'm so used to it. It was your turn. <laughs> it was my turn. And so I get there, I open the door and she says, I know what you're here for and I'm not going. And I said, I'm just here to check your blood sugar. She says, what? I said, I'm here to check your blood sugar. George asked me to come because he's still working. And she says, oh, okay. Uh, I think it's over there. Over there. <laughs> she's over there. been doing this lately. Like she'll say over there, but she'll oh, make no oh, gestures. I have lots more references to over where there. Direction. This side or that side. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. This is why, yeah, when I went, when we went to went, visit her in the hospital later, I would say, is it towards the window side or the door side? Yes, I do that all the time right now. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. the, this is a trick I learned when I was teaching elementary school because you can't trust them all to know the difference between the left and the right and neither does your mother. No, she never has. <laughs> no. She willingly admits it. She does willingly admit it. And I think she uses it kind of as a crutch because she says she's dyslexic, but dyslexic does not actually give you challenges knowing left and right. Dyslexic is a challenge of deciphering letters in the brain and making meaning of them. Yes. Sorry, I'm making logic again. I know you hate that. Well, when, it, when you're trying to apply it to certain members of my family, I find it to be time consuming and ineffective. Fair enough. Yes. But... <laughs> So I get there and I start taking her blood sugar and it's too high for the meter to read. And she says, just reset it and it should work. And can you give me my insulin? And I say, I can't give you the insulin until we know what your blood sugar is because we need to know how much you need because she's on the sliding scale with her short-term insulin based on what her blood sugars are and how many carbs she intends to consume. Diabetics will probably know this process fairly well. I say, well, I'll give you insulin. I can help you with that as soon as we can figure out what your blood sugar is. And so I try and reset the machine and I'm texting you and you are in contact with the home health nurse and you're like, just call the freaking ambulance. Yes. So I did. And while the ambulance was coming, I went through the motions of attempting to get her blood sugar again, but it really was just going through the motions because it was more to keep her calm and keep her from getting angry about having to go to the hospital again than it was about anything else. Yes. Because her blood sugar was not going to change in that moment in the, you know, two minutes, three minutes while we're waiting right. for small town ambulance to arrive, which sometimes takes forever in a day because small town ambulance is very small setup. And so if there's another emergency, they take forever. But if there's no other emergency, they're there pretty quick. Yeah. And they get there and your mother is looking at me like, wait, what? 
And I say, they're going to, your machine isn't working, so they're going to check your blood sugar now. And they check her blood sugar and they ask her if she's ever had DKA. And she's like, wait, what's that? And they say all the words to her. And she's like, I've been diabetic for 30 some odd years and I've had every problem in the book and and I'm a doctor. That's the other thing she likes to tell them. (laughs) She has had naturopathic training. Yes. But she likes to tell people she's a doctor. And they're just looking at her like, okay, now we know you're goofy. Yeah, that's not helping her. And she, I tried to explain a little bit of that to her the other day. Did it um, sink uh, in at all? No, not a, not. it was a different thing that wasn't helping her. When, when she says things that aren't right, because she insists on saying them that way, it mm-hmm. was about allergies. Uh, she tells the various people she's been dealing with that she's allergic to potatoes and strawberries. And, and so one of the nurses, one of the really good nurses... I like him. He he was a good nurse. I don't like all the nurses. Said, so tell me, is is your mother actually allergic to these things? And I said, well, what she means by that is she has problems with them, either acidic or otherwise digesting them. They cause digestive health problems. It's not she an has allergy. A di- she has a digestive sensitivity to them. It yes. is not a life-threatening histamine reaction. Yes. So I did explain that to her the other day after we had, I don't know, maybe the umpteenth conversation with the person trying to establish what she could and couldn't eat for the menus that day. I said, look, you're confusing them when you say I have an allergy because in the medical field, an allergy is something that gives you hives or keeps you from breathing. And what you have is a digestive sensitivity to these items. I will not digest them well and I will regret trying to eat them would be the better way to explain that to them. Yes. Your mother insists on saying things her own way, even if her own way is not entirely accurate. Well, I seem to have explained it to her in a way that she understood that her communication with them was being thwarted by her efforts. Yeah. And she did want her communication to get across that please don't feed me the strawberries. I won't actually eat them. And then you'll say I'm not eating. So I I don't know if it's stuck, but she did appear to understand finally what I was explaining to her. Well, that's good. So it only took 30 days of saying it every five days. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when the ambulance got there and she's trying to tell them that she's a doctor and that she knows what's going on with her diabetes and they take her blood sugar and it's too high. She's looking at me like, oh my gosh, whatever your sister had had said was going to happen. You're making it happen now. I don't like you. And I just get in there like you do with a toddler. We're going to stand up now. We're going to sit on the gurney now. Yes. And she could do one little bit at a time as long as I wasn't focusing on the fact that the end goal of this process was to get her to the hospital. (laughs) We're going to put your other shoe on. (laughs) Would you like me to get your purse? Would you like your shoes? Would you like, what would you like me to get for you? I am helping you right now. You're going to go back to the, oh, I won't say that. I am helping you right now. (laughs) Because you have to go back to the hospital when your blood sugar's that high. And she still couldn't care for herself. And so we were trying, but it wasn't going to work. So she did go to the hospital and they tested her for all of the things that they test for in hospitals and comes up that she has C. diff. Yes. So while she was at death route, she didn't get her insulin and she got got C. diff. Well, she either got it there or she got it in the hospital while she was getting her broken arm treated. And so we're there at the hospital and I go in on a Friday night. 
These things are all ha- happening on Fridays. And today's Friday. Today is Friday. Holy fuck, what's going to happen today? I, 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 Nothing is allowed to happen today. I'm hoping that um, if I just aim for what I think is usually going to happen on Friday, it won't. But go ahead. Well, uh, do you remember that year of death where everyone was dying and it was always on Fridays? Yes. Well, lately my mother goes to the nursing home on Fridays. <laughs> yes. So I go to the hospital to check on her after I get out of work that day. And I have a big old batch of papers and I'm grading them on the linen hamper in her ER room. Yes. And I'm coming and going from her room. And so she was having all of these bodily fluids from everywhere, puking on herself regularly, needing to be cleaned up from the other end regularly as I'm sitting there in this hospital Yeah, well, they room. were trying to, de- they did feed her because they were trying to determine what was making her throw up. Right. Was it her blood sugars? She keeps saying something like, can I go home now? And I'm like, you can't even stand up. You can't stop puking for more than 30 minutes. And you want to go home now. Everybody wants to go home. Well, I mean, that's fair. I understand that you don't want to be there, but you're there for a reason. You accomplish your reason, then you go home. Yes. So the rest of us say, I wish I could go home. But they also say, I wish I could quit puking or... Yes. Uh, This is not where your mother was at. I wish I didn't need to be here and could go home now. So they are assessing her and they determine that they do need to keep her and they do need to admit her. And so, oh, the other thing that they tell her, (laughs) they they ask, so if you end up with a life-threatening complication, do you want us to engage in any sort of life-saving measures that could hurt a lot or cause more problems in the long run, but they'll save your life? And she's only half present at this point. And so she's like, wait, what? And so, you know, they try and explain it to her and I try and explain it to her. And I say to the medical attendant in charge, I don't know if it was a doctor or a nurse or whoever at this point, I say, yeah, just DNR. Mm -hmm. And she says, what? Just let me die. And I'm like, yes, that's what I just said. (laughs) Yes. And and they, they insisted that then after she said that on reading the whole thing to her and she's like, just kill me already. And I'm like, okay, she sounds like she's going to put up a good fight. That's good. Right? <laughs> she, she's she's more acting like her typical self at that point. Yes, yes. Yes, I can appreciate that. So then they say, okay, well, we're going to get you, you know, that's part of their admissions process. And then they're talking about what kind of room they're going to put her in and what, what the treatment plan is and what the short-term treatment plan is and what potential long-term treatment plans are after they get her lab results back and everything else. We should get you up to your room in a little we bit. Should, yep, get you up. And she says, oh, good. And then can I go home? Right. <laughs> and they're looking at you like, oh, boy. And I'm like, yes, this is my mother-in-law. Thank you. Yeah. So they did. They, you, you waited till they put her up there. I did. I wanted to make sure that they were really getting her into a room because there have been so many snafus or I can't say snafu because that situation normal all fucked up. There's no normal anymore. There were so many mishaps. There's no normal to be fucked up. There, there's that just mishaps. Nice. Mishaps. <laughs> there, there are plenty of fuck ups. Okay. Yeah, that's the truth right there. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that they were actually getting her to a room and that they got her onto the bed and that, you know, she was where she needed to be and that everything ended up going with her from the ER up to her room that I had brought with her, her shoes and her purse and her house keys. Well, and and the reason you were taking this consideration of let me make sure, but let me also get out of here is there were children at home. There were children at home. I had come home after I sent her on the ambulance. I didn't follow the ambulance. 
No, because you never should do that. You just go home and get some food and check on the kids or creatures or whatever you've got there. I'm juggling. I'm spinning plates. I come home. I check on the kids. I make sure that they have dinner ready. And then I say, hey, I have to go follow Granny to the hospital. I'll be back later. I'm texting them all this time. I had no idea I was going to be there until almost 10 o'clock at night. There was such a funny text. Number three had been given permission to go out and play. She's a fairly responsible young person and has a phone so she can call if she has a problem. She was given permission to go out and play with her friends as 10-year-olds are wont to do. Yes. And she's coming and going from the house and her little friends are coming and going from the house. And number one messages me, texts me and says, little people are coming and going. And I say, number three should not be bringing guests into the house without an adult present to supervise them. Well, he says... She just leaves and then someone else comes to the door. He's so appalled. I know. He's like <laughs> he's he's extra autistic appalled about this process of And I totally and understand going. that I because, too. you know, it's have you listened to this week's Put Your Hands Together yet? Because they were talking about this where like back in our day it used to be a thing that you did that you would just go to people's houses and knock on their doors. Yes, and see if they could come out and play because you're a kid. Now that's well, even as adults, you know, we were adults and functioning in the world as adults by the time that digital and distance communication prior to a visit became the norm. Well, not only that, but those two comedians are also from the Midwest, and that was a very Midwestern thing to do as well. True. To just, you know, go vi- go hang out for the day or evening or whatever. And I am very aware of the things that will be perceived as rude by our kids' friends, our kids' friends' parents. And I am very aware of trying to help our kids avoid those things if possible. Right. And so I don't let them just go and knock on people's doors. You do, but you're a different kind of parent. <laughs> And I think it's something I, I wouldn't like to see die away. I think it's an amount of friendliness that and familiarity you can have, which is not necessarily our number one child's autistic desires. No, no, fair enough. Either way, number one is saying there are people coming to the door and number three child is saying, you know, going and playing with friends and bringing friends and friends are coming. And I said, she's not supposed to have any friends in the house unless there's an adult to supervise. Yes. Are you an adult today? And he says, not in this sense. Right. I, I laughed about that all night. That's that so was funny. Totally great. Like, hell no, I'm not taking responsibility for that. Nope, nope. I'm not an adult right now. Sorry. I am not your adult. I appreciated his honesty and yes, clarity. It was good. It yes. was very good. So I did finally get home to the kids after they had already been in bed and. Your mother has since been at the same hospital. No, she got sent to another facility first. On a Friday. On a Friday again. (laughs) With the wrong orders, also involving insulin. And she was put in an isolation room this time at a different place. Because of the C. diff. That also has a house and life or care type name. Yes, it does. You know, they were doing pretty good by her. Until they weren't. Until they gave her the neighboring room's meds. Yes. And and what I did appreciate is they called me right away. Because after dealing with the first place, um, who wasn't telling you anything about what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, they we are sorry. Me. We are responsible. Here's what's happening. It's- Here's what we're going to do about it. We're going to you know do these things to keep an eye on her. If her symptoms exceed these, you know, the regular things we would expect from her, then we will be taking her back to the hospital and so forth. Right. So... They did that all night. You went there the next day to babysit her? I did go there the next day to babysit her. I took the day off work so that I could
could be there and just check in on her and stay with her to keep an eye on. Because even though they were being very responsible at this point, I trust them as far as I can throw them. Yes. And so I went and I checked on her and they were doing right by her. But Mm -hmm. at that point, her diabetic symptoms had progressed to a point where because they were not being manageable they anymore. Weren't, they didn't give her nighttime insulin because they had given her a pill form to address it, even though it wasn't hers. They didn't know how she'd react to that. They couldn't give her the insulin. Those pills made her a little sick. And then you watched her all day. Uh, apparently that night at 10 o'clock, unbeknownst to us, oh my gosh. they sent her to the hospital. She you know, continues having these other symptoms of not quite being fully aware of what's going on around her and possibly hallucinating. Although by this point, she realizes that she might be hallucinating. Yeah, she had talked to me about it while she was in that place and saying, someone keeps coming in here. And and bringing a baby and they don't realize how contagious I am. I said, "Uh, Ma, that's not happening. There's no babies in here. She said, oh, it's the owner's wife's baby. I said, this is owned by a company. The owner's wife is not here. And there are no babies here. Nope. And they wouldn't allow somebody in your room with a baby. And if it was it was such a thing as the owner's wife, she would not pick your room, the most contagious one, the isolation room, to come into with a baby. And then she started to realize, okay, um, I think I'm hallucinating. And the other thing that she had hallucinated was that the nurses and paramedics that had managed her trip from the hospital to the care facility, your ex had come and talked to them to make sure that they would take good care of her. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. She didn't tell you about that? She might have, but you know, it all starts blending together. It does. Yeah. And we're all thinking, nope, none of this is happening. And she finally realizes, oh, I might be having bigger problems than I thought. I might actually need care. Yes. But then she does have this reaction to the wrong meds and her blood sugar gets so far out of whack that they sent her back to the hospital. Because she did have, at that point, the... um, DKA? Yeah, she had a DKA then. She was over 600. Uh Uh-huh. And so they had to address that factor. And they weren't sure if she still had C. diff or what else. They weren't sure if what was going on because she wasn't eating very much right before that. But I think her blood sugars were already too far out of whack. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, they did admit her back to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was, I have to say, pleased because it was a Friday and I was hopeful that I would have a couple days of not having to worry about what was happening with her. Because the hospital care is typically far better than any of the care at anywhere else that they're trying to kill her at. Yes, although this did happen over Memorial Day weekend, and they did try to start discharging her on Memorial Day. Yeah, and and I said, this is a holiday. How are we dealing with insurance? And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've been able to slow it down a couple times where they're ready to send her somewhere, and it's not reasonable that they do so yet. We'll see what happens today because it's Friday. Holy and they've been, fuck. They've been wanting to send her to a skilled nursing since Monday, mm-hmm. Memorial Day. They didn't send her that day because it was a holiday and they couldn't get insurance. Then by the next day, they had other problems they had to deal with with her. And then they were ready to send her again on Wednesday. And I said, well, hang on a second. You're telling me she has a catheter. You took it out. She wasn't able to urinate, so she got too full of fluids, and you had to put it back in. So you're sending a diabetic person with a catheter where? No, let me talk to the doctor. Right. And the doctor called me. He said, you're absolutely right. We need to solve that problem before we send her anywhere. So they were checking her for a UTI, which seems to be, I I think, her permanent condition. (laughs) Um, She will just permanently have a UTI forever and ever. Amen. So they sent off a specimen to check for a UTI, and then I called them. In the meantime, the social worker is calling me saying, well, after we do that, 
is it okay with you if you arrange transport? And I said, no, I need to have the orders first because the new facility wants me to see the orders and make sure she understands them and that I know what they are. Because before. this has been the problem right. every single time that the orders aren't getting transferred correctly. That had yeah. happened at the second place too. So then the skilled nursing place calls and says, we can take her on a catheter if they check this problem first because we would still try to get her off of it. And I said, well, we also have the issue that she's a diabetic and catheters can give anybody an infection, but a diabetic person with infection is even less desirable. In addition, if she has a UTI, I would like them to explain to me what they're going to do about it, being that she just had C. diff. Mm -hmm. So I have to call them in about 45 minutes to an hour uh-huh. and talk, try to talk to the doctor who should be done with rounds by then and say, so how are you addressing the potential infection? Because, uh, do you remember C. diff? Because I know they forget that all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I had it, and they sure like to forget that I had it and try mm-hmm. to give me things. Yeah. Only my doctor, my personal doctor, is on board. Right. In the meantime, all this time, I'm trying to get FMLA papers signed for my office because I have to come and go. You do have to come and go, and you need to be able to get that leave intermittently as needed to go manage her when she has a crisis, but then be at work when she's not in a crisis. So FMLA is a... Family Medical Leave Act. That guarantees basically that your job will still be there for you if you have a medical emergency or that your family has a medical emergency. And the paperwork has to be signed by whoever her supervising physician is at the time, which has changed so many times in the past month. Right. When she went in on the 11th, which was after the first failure of care facility, Mm -hmm. that's when I needed paperwork from. Yes. I needed to start there, which my admin guy was kind enough and looked at all the options of how far back can we go. Mm -hmm. He was going to try to go back to the 4th when I started having to take some leave time to handle this issue. Right. So I give the paperwork to the nurse and the nurse says she'll put it in the chart, but puts it in the drawer and then it doesn't get taken care of. And the social worker is giving me a runaround that somebody else is the person in charge of doing the FMLA paperwork and they've sent it to them, but it never got to that person. None of these people are getting back with the right answer. Right. The 29th of May, I finally got the paperwork. I've been trying to get it since the 11th. And I only finally got it by getting the person's number who was supposed to be doing it and pursuing her relentlessly until she decided she'd like me to go away (laughs) and would have to give me the papers in order to make me do that. That is occasionally the way it needs to be done. I'm sorry that you needed to do that. And I can hear their voice when they hear it's me and they know that I'm not pleased and I know they wish that they had not answered the phone. Now, and I'm very, very nice, but but you, I think what it is, is I think it's a reaction to, oh God, there's some white guy on the phone and now I have to deal with him again. That was going to be my next question. Like, I know you've had situations like this where you've had to pursue problem solving when the people in charge weren't pro- solving problems before. Oh, oh like, like at the second place, uh, Death Manor, where I had to come home and get you so you would talk to the nurse because she wouldn't talk to me? Yes. And I wasn't doing anything. No. All I was saying to her is, okay, can you explain to me how you're giving my mother insulin if you're not taking her blood sugar. And the nurse could just say, we don't have orders for that. And I say, well, that doesn't seem right to me. Can we get orders for that? What should we do? And she was just exasperated with you. 
Oh, she wasn't going to deal with me. Not just even your presence yes. was exasperating. This is- but then you came home, you got me, you took me back. Yes. And you would ask her a question and she would answer me. Yes. She would look at me and answer your I would question. Ask, the, ask a question. Her body would be facing you. She'd turn her head to listen and then she'd answer you. Yes. And I, I was f- totally fine with it. I just wanted an answer. You know? And the answer needed to be, yes, we should do the medical thing that needs to happen. Yes. That was the answer I wanted. Well, and this is funny to me because like, this is one of the first times I've seen your status as a straight white guy being less than ideal for problem solving. Because for the most part, your problem solving abilities, your options for achieving your goals have significantly increased since your transition. They have not in all the areas that involve dealing with women in charge of medical things. because Especially when they're not your medical things. Especially then. Because I think, I think the reasoning is those women in the medical field have dealt with even more shit than the rest of the women. And they are just over straight white guys telling them what to do. Yes. And that is totally fair. I totally understood it. you have been there. I understood. So when the, the nurse who's looking at me like, I am really not dealing with another white guy. <laughs> The fact that I went and got my wife, who could then be in charge of me, made her deal with the situation. There's a woman managing this guy. I guess I can listen to him now. I can answer his questions to the person who will actually listen to me. Yes. Which I, I, she, I knew exactly what was happening. No belief in the idea that you would even listen to what she was saying. Yeah. And understandably so. Yeah. But that's why I came and got you. I yes. thought, oh, I know what's going on here. Let me go get a female bodied looking person to stand here for you. <laughs> Because you I'm, will believe I'm that glad I could be your female-bodied-looking person. I would have had to get another one if it wasn't you. Yeah. But because you're my wife, you have a little more pull in the belief that you think you're managing me. Yes. If I went and got another woman, I would have to say, this is my sister-in-law. Yes. And, you know, uh-huh. let her talk to the uh-huh. woman-looking person that she will believe that will, uh-huh. will be listening. Yes. So, so now we're dealing with... She's at the hospital for the third time, getting ready to go to a skilled nursing facility for the third time. Maybe, but possibly not. I would wish not, but I don't want to jinx getting the best deal. <laughs> yeah, you know. You know, I'll wear the dirty socks or whatever, you know, <laughs> if this is baseball. I mean, That's funny. you know, I'm a little superstitious of Fridays again. Fair. <laughs> All right. So is that it for now? I I think that will be it for at least 40 minutes. Oh, good. And for the microphone, slightly longer. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less than complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening. Hi. <laughs> Hi. You look familiar. <laughs> I know I've seen you somewhere before. Right? <laughs>
So uh, we left, you know, she was in bad shape. I got her home. I check her blood sugar and it's over 500. That is not okay. No. So I call the nurse and the nurse says, that's not, that's not okay. That, that indicates to us that she may have an infection. She needs to go back to the hospital. Right. So, um, so you off didn't, we go. did you go back to the hospital that I same gonna day? I was going to shorten that. Oh, okay. I was going to shorten it. I like the short version. <laughs> See, I think the long version makes the better bad dog know, story. But it makes me so tired to think <laughs> I of. I know, I know. And, you so, know, so you, you can keep that all in there if you want. I will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>